This is the Inside Pitch with your host, Christopher Lockhart. Oh, you know, I was right in the middle of watching Training Day. It's on Spike TV. I just love watching that movie. It brings back good memories. I've been working with Denzel Washington since 1998. Uh... You know, what's interesting about that year was I had read all of those uh, best actor scripts. It was like A Beautiful Mind and um, Ali and In the Bedroom and I Am Sam. All those actors was like uh, Tom Wilkinson, Sean Penn, Will Smith, Russell Crowe. Um, and, you know, I would read all those scripts for various reasons long before they were movies. And I just remember reading them and and saying, oh, man, you know, who's ever going to play John Nash in A Beautiful Mind, it's an Oscar nomination. And we put Michelle Pfeiffer into I Am Sam, and I remember reading that script and saying, oh, you know, who's ever going to play this guy is going to get an Oscar nomination. I said that about all four of those roles except for Training Day. And that actor gets the Oscar. And what's so interesting about that is because this was Oscar week, I'd read an article somewhere that said uh, uh, that Denzel was one of the, the, the 10 actors least worthy of the Oscar for that particular role. And I was like, hmm, beg to differ. And again, beg to differ because when I read A Beautiful Mind, I thought the Oscar was on the page. When I read I Am Sam, I thought the Oscar was on the page. When I read In the Bedroom, I thought the Oscar was on the page. When I read Ali, I thought the Oscar was on the page. But I did not see an Oscar on the page for Training Day. Denzel put that on the page. He really did. I mean, it was the perfect confluence of, of what David Ayer wrote but what Denzel really brought to the table. And uh, so I just got to just speak up for Denzel during Oscar week. Anyway, Oscars were last night, and tonight is the Inside Pitch, and that's why I'm talking to you now. I am Christopher Lockhart. I am the host of the Inside Pitch, and what we do once a month is uh, we gather around, and you pitch your ideas to me, and I will in turn give you some feedback and tell you what I think about it. So who am I? Well, I work at WME, which is the world's largest talent agency. I uh, look for projects for actors, Denzel Washington being one of them. And I've been doing it for a long time, and I'm also a producer, and I'm a, an instructor, and so I do a lot of things when it comes to uh, this business. So while there are many, many opinions out there, and uh, a lot of people aren't going to share them with you because you don't get the opportunity to talk to people. You don't get the opportunity to talk to people in a talent agency. Well, you do on the inside pitch once a month. We do it just once a month. And we've got three callers in the queue tonight, Connie, Clint, and Anthony. And uh, we're going to hear all their pitches, and I'm going to uh, let them have it. But I've got to get some of the business uh, out of the way, which is our very next show. The one after tonight is March 23rd. So March 23rd, that would be a week, uh, a month, excuse me, one month from today, will be our next show. And then uh, Kevin Hill, the producer of the Inside Pitch, always likes me to share the email account, and that's the Inside Pitch Mail at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page. You can come on and talk to me all during the week, actually, at facebook.com backslash group backslash the inside pitch. I don't know if it's a backslash or it's a slash, but it's just, you know, whatever, some kind of slash. You'll have to figure it out. 
We also have a Tumblr page, the inside pitch .tumblr.com. And I want to send out a shout out to uh, Scripts and Scribes. Dot com. Uh, they posted the uh, podcast that they did with me. They did a, uh, an amazingly long interview with me. The Kevin, uh, not Kevin Hill, but uh, Kevin of Scripts and Scribes, edited down to about an hour or so. It was, it was like you know, it was like uh, Lawrence of Arabia. It was like the longest interview in the history of the world. Felt so bad for this guy having to edit that down, but. Uh, if you miss me during the month, you miss my abuse, you miss the wonderful sound of my melodic voice, you can always tune into that. So I don't think I have anything else to say. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the Oscars because there's been enough of that. They're over. Now we just look ahead to next year. And uh, so if Kevin Hill is ready and if Connie is ready, then uh, I'm ready. So Connie, are you there? Ready? I'm ready. Hey, I'm here. Hey, Connie. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you tonight, Chris? You're wonderful. That's so sweet. I'm wonderful. You're wonderful. <laughs> so now, where are you tonight, calling from? Tonight is young. I'm calling from the middle of Wyoming. Wyoming? Yeah. Wow. Look at, look at the grasp. Look at the, the, the reach and the grasp of the inside pitch. We go right into the heart of America. You're in every nook and cranny. It's amazing. Scoot like, like, like I'm like a cockroach. Um, but you know, screenwriting just it 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 goes everywhere, doesn't it? That 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 love of wanting to write a movie it goes everywhere, even in, even into the middle of Wyoming. Even here. What's the weather like there? It's about four degrees. We could use some if you have any to spare. Wow. It's, uh, it's, uh, I was complaining today because it was like sixty-five here. <laughs> so, uh, all right, I'm not gonna not gonna go on about that. All right, so Connie, I'm assuming that you're gonna pitch something to me, yes? Yes, I'd like to. Okay, so um, uh, is this for something that you have already written or something that you're going to write? No, I'm about halfway through the first draft. I started working on it about in September, and I wanted to um, you know get your opinion before I get too far and get buried in something and maybe save okay. myself some time in the process. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, it's a sci-fi action comedy. Uh, the biggest loser becomes the planet's only hope when he is abducted by aliens and thrown into the intergalactic gladiator ring to battle for Earth's survival. And I'm going for kind of um, Galaxy Quest gladiator with a Ben Stiller vibe. Yeah, or like Guardians of the Galaxy. Something smaller, that's smarter than that. Did you see? Did you see Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. You didn't think that was smart? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, this is this isn't like a bunch of outer space um, fights. It's more localized. It's the first the first act takes place in regular modern day Earth, and then the second and third acts are on on a planet in kind of like a barter town sort of community. Okay, and so and so this Earthling finds himself in some alien planet where sort of like Russell Crowe in Gladiator. He's now uh, enslaved to fight in the alien coliseum, yes? Yes, right. Okay. And so uh, what I wanted, which is great, by the way. You know, I, I think that's great. I love it. And I'm assuming that he has to fight against, like, kooky, crazy, 
skeevy kind of like alien creatures from all over the universe, yes? Right, yes, all sorts of things from all sorts of places. Okay, good. So now my next question is, uh, so he's there, and this is what he has to do, but now what's his dilemma? Is it that he needs to, to escape from here? He needs to win. Um, the way it's set up, he's um, he's kind of chosen to represent Earth. And um, the aliens kind of have this council, and they've, they've got like little pet projects of planets. They're kind of like the Greek gods. So um, like the antagonist, Romul, that's gone a couple billion years ago to Earth and seeded life. And then on these planets, when life gets to, you know, an advanced enough stage that we start, like, reaching out to them, then you have to put up or shut up. So they come and take a representative from the planet, and you have to battle it out in the ring. And if you win, you're kind of admitted to the council. And if you lose, they're just going to wipe the plate off your planet and start over. Okay, so the stakes are that if our guy doesn't win, then everybody on Earth perishes. Right. Okay, so now my next question would be, because uh, I, I want to know how you how you modulate this, because um, I think like my 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 concern is that. Uh, just fight after fight after fight after fight after fight is going to get kind of boring. So I'm trying to figure out if there's more to this. So as just only because it's it just it's the only example that I can think of. So I'm not by any means saying that this is sort of the apotheosis of cinema. But again, it's just the only example that I can think of offhand, which is Running Man. And uh, so you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger who finds himself in the middle of this sort of game of survival, correct? Yes. But it becomes about something bigger, doesn't it? Where he has to prove his innocence of a crime that he was framed for, number one. And number two, it's also about him trying to find some kind of satellite or something like that that he can dismantle or take down in order to enable a group of rebels uh, to, uh, you know, like take over the bad government or some bullshit like that. Because it's right. been like, you know, 30 years since I've seen the movie. but uh, So there's more going on in that story than just Arnold Schwarzenegger running from guys with chainsaws and light bulbs. Right. And, right. So stick with your protagonist. Don't go off tell me about anybody else. <laughs> Let's just talk about him. Uh, so w what else is going on in the story? Well, without talking about anyone else, he's... He's, because he's such a, a big loser, he's never been able to lead anyone. He's not self-determined. So he's kind of put in this sort of alien zoo, for lack of a better word, and he has to form his team among the other dregs from all the other planets. Okay. Um, okay. There's a, sub, a subplot with the, uh, the bad guy, right, Ronald. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. let's stay with our guy. Don't 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 go off. You know, it's been so long since I've seen Gladiator, so I'm just trying to think because I because I really can't remember what that movie's about. <laughs> I actually passed on it for Mel Gibson, so it shows you what I know. But um, I'm trying to figure it out, and uh, there's got to be more going on than that. Well, he's trying to avenge. He's also trying to avenge the death of his wife and his son, I believe. Right. Um, yeah. uh, right. You know, at the hands of uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I, must, I, I think. 
uh, but I'm but I I don't recall sort of how that how that manifests itself. Um, all right. So when does he actually like like at what page in the script? Let's just pretend the script is 120 pages. At, at what page okay. in the script does he have his first gladiatorial fight? Um, thir- thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then, okay. And when does he start to gather his team up? Um, by forty-eight. Okay. 48, 49. And, all right. And, and so and so does the script like set up that there's some massive big alien bad guy that he has to beat in the ring? Uh, you know, like how do you sort of exponentially build this story? How do you sort of build upon this? Because clearly it has to each fight has to get harder and bigger and more suspenseful. Otherwise, your script will just flatline. After right, a while, it'll just be like, oh, just another fight, just another fight. Well, it, uh, there's one training fight, there's one preliminary fight, and then there's one big battle at the end. Okay, so so you basically have three fights throughout the script. Yeah. Okay, all right. I'm the other, the other things I'm, that are going on. I'm, fi- I'm, I'm fine with three. <laughs> okay, so... So then tell me one of the other things that's going on in the script. Um, well, he works as a server in medieval times, and he's always dreamed of being the guy in the arena, but he's instead of the guy schlepping the dinner rolls to the tourists. His um, ex-childhood friend, and now his our tribal is one of the guys in the arena, play the night. Um, he's but he's not an alien, though. But he's not no, an alien. But he's taken by the aliens to act as, his, as uh, Gary's kind of squire. Okay, but so let me just ask this question: If if his, if his big fight is against another human, oh no, is, it's not. Oh, okay. I didn't okay. I didn't say that right then. No, you didn't. <laughs> so go ahead and say um, it right. And then also the the um, the girl, the love interest that they both no, have. No, no, stay. Just, just hang on a second. Stay with. Don't okay. jump. An, answer my question, which was: I want to know. I want to understand more about this climactic fight between him and his best friend. Now, his best friend is a human. He's not some big, hulking, scary, fire-breathing alien. He's a human just like him. So how is that climactic for us? Well, at first, they don't fight against each other. They're they're on the same team. Right. Yeah, work, I get all that. They're supposed to be working together until... Yeah, yeah. Um, I get all that. But... but my question is this: is okay. that we've been, if we've been watching him battle aliens, which is interesting, and then you're building to him fighting a human, which to me sounds anticlimactic. So, what makes him fighting the human at the end of the movie more interesting? Because whatever that last fight is, it needs to be more interesting, more suspenseful, more tense, bigger and better than every fight that came before it, right? Right, yeah. So my question is, what's so interesting what about him it, fighting his childhood friend? What's so interesting about that? Um, it's that during the, the battle, they each have their kind of group of miscreants from all around the, the you know, the cosmos. Um, and during their final showdown, they kind of work out all these stupid little piddly childhood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. They, answer, they join. answer my question. You're not, you're not answering my question. I want to know what makes this climactic fight so much more interesting than him fighting aliens. And by the way, you, I'm just, I, I'm not saying that it's not possible. I just want to hear an answer. What? Uh, well, they, what? They, I mean, you. 
you understand, right? I mean, you understand what oh, it is yeah. that I'm asking, right? You understand yeah. that as the script goes on, each battle has to get more intense. It has to be harder for him each time. So what what is harder about him fighting a human? He can fight a human on Earth. What's what's so interesting about him fighting a human on some other planet after he's already been battling aliens? So I'm asking you that question. I still haven't gotten an answer yet. Oh, I, because he's not battling human. Okay, so he's, but they're 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 kind of battling as as teams, and then when they do kind of join forces, that's when the the, the bad guy throws in. The, okay, stop, 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 stop. Stop. Okay. Who is he battling against in the final third fight? Because I already asked you this question, and, and you said it was his childhood friend. So I'm asking you, who is he fighting against in that last fight? Yeah, I'm not answering it correctly then. So well, I mean, I, 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 well, well, to be honest, it should be really simple. Like in Rocky Three, who does Rocky have the big final fight with? Apollo Creed. No, it's not Apollo Creed. It's the other guy, Mr. T. Clubber Lang. Sorry. I mean, it's it's like really simple. It's not like you, I mean, there isn't anything to explain. Uh, so I'm all, I'm just asking. You know, like in the end, who is he facing off against? Who is he fighting in the end? It's it's it shouldn't be a hard question to answer. Right. And, and well, listen, by the way, maybe you don't have the answer yet because you're only halfway through, and that's fine. Just say, I don't really know yet. I'm still sort of trying to iron that out. And that's a that's a fine answer. And, and then, and then okay. my caveat would be is that make sure that whatever it is that's going on in the third act, that that climactic battle, that the entire script you know, the entire weight of that script rests on that battle. Everything, right. every, okay. everything, every, okay. e- every nook and cranny of your story and everything involving the character relies on that fight. Now, so, uh, again, um, I, you know, I get the protagonist, he's, maybe not all that different than the protagonist in Guardians of the Galaxy, which is fine. I like the world. I like the idea of him being plucked uh, from Earth. I like the idea of him finding himself in this gladiator ring. I think all that's terrific. I think that's great. Uh, The idea that he needs to win in the ring in order to save Earth, stakes are great. Love all that. So all that stuff is working. My my only red flag, and it's a, and it's a small red flag. It's not a big red flag, but it's a small red flag. Is that is that you may not ha- that you may not have enough to be able to really build a full you know full life story there. Okay. That it might be a little thin. I don't know. Maybe maybe not. And I don't from this pitch. I don't see really where they where the story is going. I get it that there's going to be a great big climactic fight, and that's great. And maybe you need to go back and watch a movie like Gladiator, or you know Spartacus, or um, you know, or maybe just any sort of boxing movie. You know, go back and watch Rocky Three or something, and 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 sort of see how all that you know how those how those mechanisms work and how they build to that great big climactic fight. So we are so wrapped up in it emotionally, but just in terms of a concept, I really, really like your concept, Connie. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay, so, well, 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that last good. part. All right. Well, good job, and uh, <laughs> give my best to Wyoming. Okay, I will do. Thanks very much. Uh, okay. For your time. Yep. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, so there was the concept. Of, you know, I like that concept. Like, you get it. You know, you can see the movie. Even if I could really only see maybe 60% of the movie, I couldn't see all the movie. But I know that if that concept were in the hands of a of a great writer, that that a great writer would would do wonders with that. And maybe a lesser writer will fuck it up. And hopefully Connie's that great writer and she can deliver on that concept because the truth is is that you know good concepts really are a dime a dozen now, i hear lots of great concepts all the time and then you read a screenplay and very rarely do they actually write the concept do they really sort of exploit that concept in a way that's fresh and and unique and fun and with a voice so uh having a good concept is just a very small part of the battle then it's then it's the execution, you know. People plan, God laughs. It's no different than in a script, you know. The plan being the concept, and then the execution is the part that God laughs at. So uh, let's see if we're going to laugh at uh, Clint, who I believe is waiting for us. Hey, Clint, what's going on? I'm not, oh, you got me laughing there. With the, right, well, we're not going to laugh at you just yet, So, yeah, uh, but, yeah. but, but uh, we might. But we're not yet. Yeah. Where are you calling yeah, from? That, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Okay, very, very close. How's the weather there? Uh, not bad. I mean, it's it's always pretty good. Uh, yeah, it is. But it's very dry, though. It's very dry. Yeah. 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 Nice. But it's, you know. Um, it's it's, uh, it's uh, there's a reason five million people live here, though. So. Listen, I I I have been to many places in Arizona, and I actually actually like it. In fact, the hottest day I ever spent was somewhere in Arizona. It was 122 degrees. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, they closed the airport because of the, that it was so hot. That was friggin' hot. Let me tell you, yeah. that was hot. The hottest yeah. day I ever spent. Um, all right, so are you going to pitch something that you've written, or is it an idea? Are you in the middle of it? Um, I've uh, outlined it and done the note cards, and uh, I'm probably about 20 pages in. Okay, very good. All right, so why don't you go ahead and pitch it? Okay. Um, the title is Freedom Fort. It's an uh, action adventure set um, uh, based on historic events following the War of 1812, and the log line would be something like uh, two runaway slaves take different paths to reach a refuge in Spanish Florida where former slaves now live free, arriving just in time to join in the battle against invading American troops. Okay, so uh, is the protagonist then, does the story feature dual protagonists, two protagonists? Yes, yes, yes. And and they are, however, not together in the story? They're both going different routes to get to Florida? Well, yeah, what happens is um, one of the protagonists, they're, they're both slaves, one has a situation that is about as good as a slave could have it in the early 1800s. He basically has his own business. He's living, he's living pretty well. He's actually saving up money to uh, be able to buy the freedom of his wife. Um, the other 
have it about as bad as a slave could have it. Uh, you know, exceptionally brutal life. Um, and anyway, they uh, at the end of by the end of the first act, they both have this are running away, and uh, and they make their way through different paths to. Um, Okay, stop there for a second, because again, I'm trying to understand, I want to be able to see the movie. So every time you get to to different paths, this, now this, because this this is your movie. So it's very important, this is for everybody listening, that when a person asks a question, that you answer it. And so my question was, you know, are they following, you know, uh, are they together in the story, or are they separate? In the story, and so the answer would be either they are together through the whole story, like let's say, uh, uh, like the Defiant ones, uh, or they are separate, and we cut away to one slave's story as he treks to Florida, and then we cut away to the other slave's story as he treks to Florida, because because I need to try to see the movie, and I'm not seeing it yet, so. Okay. Answer my question. Are they? T- it's a yes or no question. Are they together through the movie? Yes or no? No. no. So then, so then your they story cuts away. Though. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay, fine. And so now, then, my next question would be, why do you choose to do that? I'm not saying that 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 it's right or wrong, but I'm just I just want to understand why do you choose to do that, um, as opposed to maybe just telling the story of one slave. Um, well, the thinking behind that is um, to show. Uh, I, I, I guess it's thematic. I mean, yes. One guy has is, is is living a fairly good life, but then when his wife sold, he realizes that, you know, I'm living okay, but I'm not free. Yeah, so being he, a slave sucks. I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. right. And, right. And, and, yeah. and 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 so his. His motives are sort of higher, you know, philosophical. You know, I want to be free. And, right. and the other guy, he's just running away because he started being beaten and and half starved. And, and okay. they do right. meet. They do meet together. Their stories okay. do Right. That was my next question. Okay. Yes. That yes. is my next question. So yes. let's just pretend the script is 120 pages. I'm just trying to. I'm. I'm just trying to envision yes. the movie. So, at what point do they meet? Uh, in the back. What page? On, uh, Thirty. Thirty. Okay. F- okay. Fine. So. So then. So and then is the rest of the story them together? Yes. Okay, you know, if that's the case, then the way you pitched it was misleading because ultimately these are two runaway slaves. And the way you could pitch it is you could say, you know, two, two runaway slaves meet each other, you know, okay. uh, right. in, because, because ultimately you pitched to me the setup as if that was the story. So, so if they come to look, because look, your movie doesn't really begin until the end of the first act, because that's ultimately when the characters are introduced to their dilemma that then they need to set out to resolve, and um, everything before that tends to set stuff up. So, in the first act, we meet 
these two different slaves and their two completely different ways of of life and their two different outlooks maybe on being slaves in enslaved and uh, and then they come together at the first uh, at the end of the first act and then they're together for the rest of the movie so it's important because it that happens at the end of the the first act it's important that you communicate that that we understand that these guys are together for the movie. To tell me that they're not together for the movie is bad information. You can say they're not together in the first act. The setup involves their lives in you know two completely different worlds, and then they come together at the end of the first act. Maybe, for instance, bad example, but like a romantic comedy where you know we meet a guy and a girl through the first act, each in their own world. And then at the end of the first act, they meet and the romance begins. So, you know, you wouldn't say, yeah, it's a romantic comedy where the guy and the girl aren't, you know, aren't spending any time together because they are spending time together at the end of the first act and beyond. So they meet at the end of the first act and then what? And then they say, hey, let's go to Florida. There's orange juice. It's, it's, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's you know sort of where the the history comes in. Uh, the British built a fort on a river in Florida during the War of 1812, and it was manned with runaway slaves and Indians. And when the war ended, the British said, "You guys can just keep all the cannons and keep the fort." So this fort became a magnet for runaways in the South. And um, so the second act kind of talks about the the escalation of tensions between the people trying to live their life in the fort and then, you know, the white slaveholders and Andrew Jackson. Okay, uh, and all that all that is a fine historical backdrop. What's your story? So now at the end of the first act, these guys are escaped. At what page do they end up at this fort in Florida? Uh, you know, 35, 40. Okay, fine, 35, 40. And then what happens? And then what's uh, your story? Well, it, there's uh, then it would be the F tensions between the you know the settlement and uh, try oh, again. Oh, okay. Okay. Try again. Bad uh, answer. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you know, it's like trying to build their lives as free men, and 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 how do they go about doing that? Um, uh, oh. Okay, that's like, you know, you're getting warmer, you're getting warmer. Um, uh, Okay, but that's still vague. It's still vague. Remember, one thing that I I impress upon people who call in is specificity. It is all about being very, very specific. So, um, Well, the one, you know, much of the second act, as I've planned it now, is uh, the one guy, the one guy who had things well, going well, decides to basically, you know, look for his wife because they go raiding other plantations. And so he, his mission is to try to find his wife, and the other guy's mission is just vengeance. So, okay, now you see this now you see this is where the script will become problematic for you because okay. now the storyline becomes bifurcated and you and and you're telling two stories. And, and okay. 
I, I, again, I'm not saying that that you can't do that. It's certainly, um, you know, not sort of an archetypal way to tell a story in Hollywood. Uh, you know, this would be better as sort of a, a buddy movie. Is uh, I'm looking at some of the text on the inside pitch page. Uh, Phil writes, uh, it's like Midnight Run Express. Uh, I would I would call it Midnight Run Away Slaves. But um, but I think that you have two different movies then because you have a slave who's trying to find his wife, which is great. And then you have another okay. slave who is out for vengeance. So maybe what you need to do is, is, that, is that you need to bring it together, which is that this one guy says to the other, listen, I'll, you know, um, I'll help you get your vengeance if you help me find my wife. Okay. And now they're working together. Okay. See? Now they're working together. And then hopefully, somehow, hopefully, because we all love unity in a screenplay, that somehow or another, and it doesn't have to be so on the nose, that, that, that you can tie together the idea of the vengeance and the wife. But, mm-hmm. you know, you sort of make these guys, these are two different kinds of slaves. These are, this is basically the Felix Unger and Oscar Madison of slaves. And, um, <laughs> and you know, okay. now they've been brought together. Can two men live together on the run? Um, but, uh, you know, so now you've got this sort of, uh, at least there's a little bit of uh, cohesion there. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to write two, two separate stories. Uh, because, you know what often happens is that you end up shorting both tales. You I mean, know? should I just so, lose one guy? Should I just lose well, one? Well, listen, honestly, I like, you know, no, I don't think you have to. But I think that you have to try to figure out how to make it one story. And listen, I, I think the idea of having two completely different slaves, where they have two very different sort of mentalities, uh you know, it's the difference between being the house slave and being the, you know, outside slave. Yes, yeah. You know, I they were ex- very extreme than that. More extreme than that. Yeah. Well, you know, so yeah. so I mean, you know, that that in of itself can create some some tension. And uh, I, I think, you know, if you do it right, so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You could probably get a lot of a lot a lot of mileage out of it. But the key is to really keep it one story mm-hmm. as opposed okay. to having his story cut away and this guy's story cut away. Keep them together. That would be my advice. Right. Okay. Good. And, and then, Good. you know, you've got your whole sort of backdrop. But remember, despite your historical backdrop, make sure that your focus, your attention, your TLC is given to these two men. Because right. that's that's your story. That's right. very important. Now I could ask more questions like, uh, you know, how do you weave in the whole historical aspect? Where does Andrew Jackson come in? I'd like to hear all that, but unfortunately, you're out of time. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, but this has been a great opportunity. I really appreciate this. Well, good. I'm glad I could help you out, and uh, let me know how it goes. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, Clint. Good luck. So there you go. Uh, boy, it's like it's like I'm ch- ch- 
chiseling away. I got to chisel, chisel, chisel. And by the way, you know, it's, I have such a, a small piece of the, of, of, of the picture, you know, that uh, who knows if I'm even really giving good advice. Uh, but we have to hope that the writer sort of has an an understanding of that. Uh, but often I think that when I'm asking questions to the writer, that the writer doesn't know the answers uh, or he doesn't want to be honest with me because he's afraid that I'm going to jump down his throat. But uh, it did take quite a while to to learn that that they did sort of come together. And, and um, But uh, I think there's a kind of a easily solved, I think, um, but I, I think when you focus on two different characters, that can be so difficult to write. It's hard enough to write a story that just is one singular protagonist, and then you're going to write two two very complicated protagonists. I don't know. Sounds sounds tough to me. Speaking of tough, we've got Anthony on the line. Are you there, Anthony? I'm here. Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. And honestly, I think you give great advice. Oh. And I'm ready. Stop. And I I know we have a little history, but, you know, I'm ready to go. I'm I'm ready to take notes. We do have a little history, you know. Yeah. And you know know stories, and, you know. But, you know, I'm not, well, I'm listen, Anthony, for the people who don't know, let's just very, very briefly fill right. them in. Because, you know, we like Pete, because I don't like to leave that, because we're all a big family. I don't like to leave anybody in the dark. True. Basically, Anthony came on the Inside Pitch Facebook page and was a great big dick, basically. That's all. <laughs> and, you know, I had to kind of bitch him around a I little bit no and show him who the fucking boss is. That's Anthony. <laughs> Who's was, the fucking was, boss, Anthony? That's I all. Was no more of a, I was no more of a dick than Christopher Lockhart was a dick. We well, there is a lot of truth to that. <laughs> However, it's my page. I'm allowed to listen. I'm I'm allowed to be the biggest. I, oh, I, dude, I totally listen to everything you say. You're kidding me? Well, all right. Well, good because yeah. you got to listen yeah. now because you called in. So I'm we're gonna ready. we're gonna make bygones be bygones, and oh, you got absolutely. a couple of minutes. So go ahead and let me hear what you got. All right, all right, okay. So it's called Return to Kingdom Come. I originally brought it up as a, I wanted to do like a true detective type, like eight part television series kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, okay. And here's the pitch. It's working as an informant for a federal task force in exchange for an early release. Ex-con Stackhouse Lee sets out to find the truth behind his sister's disappearance and bring down an entire town full of corruption. Okay. So I just want to get this straight. An ex-con yeah. does what? Yes. Sets out and, to find the truth behind his sister's disappearance and bring okay. down an entire town full of corruption. It's set, in, it's set basically in Harlan County in Cumberland, Kentucky. Okay, now is so so is he an ex-con? Well, he's a, he's actually a con, but a federal task force basically comes to him because they try to infiltrate this whole. You know, I don't know if you know about the South. Um, it, they don't like strangers. I mean, it's right. The, the I, get it, scene, I get it. I get it. But yeah, the very first scene starts out with the brutal slaying of a federal agent up in the mountains because they they realize you know this guy's not he's a, he's an informant for the FBI. Okay, so, so the, you right away so cast, you set up the danger that yeah. our guy is in for. But my question is this: is okay. if he's an informant for the task force, why are they letting him go out to to solve his sister's murder? 
they're basically using his sister as a tool to get him to agree to go undercover. Okay, fine. And why why him? Why well, him? because I don't know if you know about the South, but it's a small town. It's um, it, it's Cumberland, Kentucky, and they don't count the outsiders. Okay, Every and this guy to, is from yeah. that area. This guy's yeah, from that he area. Grew, he he actually okay, grew but up then with the people that are in charge now. Okay, but then wouldn't these people know that that his sister was murdered because they murdered her? I'm assuming. They do. They don't. But they don't. Under, they don't know why he's. I mean, they don't expect him to show up. But he. But he, but he up, does show up. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm just. Happens. I'm just. I'm okay. just. Wait. Go hang. Ahead. Hang on. Because I'm just trying to. Okay. Just want to try to connect some dots. I'm just okay. trying to understand the logic here, which is that mm-hmm. for some reason, and we don't need to go into all of the details because right. we only got about four minutes. Um, right. Which is that. Which is that the. The. The feds use him as an informant because he right. has access to this town. And right. in order to sort of whet his appetite to do their bidding, they say, listen, you know, we want you to bring these guys down. And mm-hmm. while you're there, you can also figure out who murdered your sister. Right. And okay, so, but, but, okay, okay. but my question to you is, mm-hmm. once he's there, doesn't he right. propose a threat to the town because – the town yes. knows that they murdered his sister. Yes. Those so it's not like he's with, some with, kind of. So it's not like he's some kind of crystal clean guy. No. I mean, you oh, know, it's like. Not. Right. But 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 so it's like the feds want to have an informant so they can slip a guy in undetected. Mm-hmm. But yet, but yet they pick somebody who would have a beef with these guys. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm but not understanding. The, that the, doesn't connect. Okay. All right, here's the thing is these guys don't know he knows. These guys don't know that he knows. That's fine. Uh, right. That's fine. But ultimately, right. this is the way I feel. Let's say I'm the bad okay. guy, and let's say I murdered okay. your sister, and right. let's say that you come to town. I right. am very uncomfortable with you being in town, whether you know or don't know. Absolutely. I don't Absolutely. like you being in town. Okay. Absolutely. Now, that now, now, all right, so – how does that make this guy a good informant? You know, I mean, because it seems like you know, it's he, like the kind right, of. Here's the, all right, here's here's the here's the kicker, which I probably should put in the logline. He knows that they're crooked because he grew up with them. His best friend is now the chief of police. Of course, he his, knows they're crooked. He thinks that they murdered right. his sister. Yeah, but they so don't I know get he it. knows they murdered. They don't I, know I, he knows they murdered. So no, no, I know that. Okay, I, let me I get that. All right, go okay. ahead, because you got about a minute. All right. Okay, god damn it. I, I can't help there. you. <laughs> right, go ahead. All right. It's all Connie's fault. Just, they, they ended up using his property. He had like a thousand acres over the side of the mountain. He ends up finding the federal agent that was murdered. So he's using that against them so he, and that, so he can get back into the business of moonshine and marijuana and the Oxycontin. They, I see. And they, very, very quickly, why don't they just kill him? Yes. Why don't they just kill him? They can't. Well... They can't because he knows, and they don't know what he knows, and they don't know who he's told. But you just said so, that he so now knows that they murdered the federal agent. If they, right. if he knows that they murdered the federal, yeah, he knows they that they murdered the federal that. agent. Okay, but then how can he use that as leverage? You just he can use the leverage because he can say, like, you know, I have this information. If I end up murdered, it's getting out there. 
It's leverage. It's like every other trope. I get it, but but you know. he has to tell them that, and once he tells them that, then they know, and I don't understand why they just don't kill him, for Christ's sakes. So that's a question that I have for you, and you know something? I think we need to continue yeah. this conversation. Seriously, why don't you call in another yeah. month? You'll be our first caller, and, we're gonna, and okay. I'm going to devote more time to this, okay? And you can think these things through. A little bit because okay, I'm well. not be- because I'm not able to connect some of the logic and the motives. Doesn't mean it's not there. I'm just right. not it's yet kind of able like a, it's to kind connect. It's kind of like a wise guy meets justified guy. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. All right. So, Anthony, right. we're going to talk to you in a month, and oh, everybody's going to be around to listen. Inside pitch. See you on the 23rd of March. All right. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. I love you though.